Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. So the title of my message is In a Pit with the Lion on a Snowy Day. In a pit with the lion on a snowy day. That lion is licking his lips, ain't he? Boy, he's ready for somebody to jump in his pit. There are times in our life when we have to deal with our personal enemy head on. Let me say that again. There is times, moments in our life when we have to deal with our personal enemy head on. Not being lazy, not being reserved, not procrastinating, not hoping it will go away. There is moments when we have to realize what we are dealing with is of a serious nature for our well-being or our family's well-being, or our neighbor's well-being. And we can't just sit by and watch, but we have to be willing to deal with it head on. So let's read 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. Benaiah was the son of Johida. I'm getting these wrong, but that's okay the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. That's very important. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. Let me just say that again. This was a human being here. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. The fact that he was willing, he wasn't forced into this predicament, but the fact that he was willing to take on a lion in a pit is one thing. Like that gets my, that gets my respect. Like I'm, I'm a person that deals with, with, with my personal fears. But man, I don't think I'd be dealing with that fear of a lion uh, in a pit. I think, now nah, that'd be okay. I want to live another day. But he not only dealt with a lion in a pit, he dealt with a lion in a pit on a snowy day. The odds were stacked against this brother, but yet he dealt with this adversary. He dealt with this situation head on like any man or woman of God should do. Why? Or going back to my first statement, there are times in our life when we have to deal with our enemy head on. Why? Three whys. If it remains, it becomes a constant threat 
to our lives. Our lives meaning family, our lives meaning marriage, our lives meaning career, our lives meaning ministry, our lives meaning self. If we are not willing to deal with our present enemy, then that present enemy will remain a constant threat in our lives. A lot of people would like for the enemy to vanish, go away, for it to dissolve of itself. Circumstances can dissolve of themselves, but the enemy will never dissolve of itself. And it is extremely important to know when we are dealing with something in life, are we just dealing with a circumstance that might come and go because there are circumstances that come and go. We don't live in a perfect world. We don't have a perfect life. We are not connected, married to, in love with, or in relationship with perfect people. So circumstances of the highs and the lows, they do come and go. And there are times that circumstances can dissolve themselves. As a pastor, if I have a circumstance at hand, the first thing I ask myself is, can this circumstance dissolve itself without me confronting it and taking a risk on something getting bigger than it really is? Or am I dealing with the byproduct or a threat from the enemy? And if I am dealing with a consequence that could dissolve, then by all means, I want it to dissolve and I do not want to create an issue. But if I'm dealing with the work of the enemy, working through somebody's life in the midst of something that's going on in the church, in my life, in my family, and so forth, then I personally feel I have to rise up and I have to deal with the enemy head on because I know the enemy will not dissolve itself. It will always be a threat. And since it's always a threat, there is a great potential that it can harm myself, my life, and the people I'm connected with. The second why is it could become worse. Enemies get bigger. Circumstances, not always. Sometimes, but not always. The enemy gets stronger. The enemy causes circumstances to get worse. The enemy grows in power when you don't deal with it. So the second reason why is when you are dealing with the enemy in your life, if you do not deal with that enemy, the enemy is going to just get stronger. And this is what occurs. The effect of the enemy in your life today, or you might be able to handle the work of the enemy in your life today, but if you don't deal with it and it grows stronger you may not be able to handle the effect of the enemy in your life next year. Number three, why? Is it could kill you at a later time. 
what I've experienced, deadly matters when not killed ends up killing us. Let me say that again. I got a few nods and a few blanks. Deadly matters when not killed ends up killing us. There's a very interesting uh, statement that God made to Cain. This is the NIV version. I I, I like a word that the NIV puts in here. It goes very uh, well with the idea of a lion. Genesis 4, 4, 7, and this is God talking to Cain. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. What does a cat or a lion do right before it gets ready to attack? It crouches, ready to spring in for the kill. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. But you must rule over it. Now, this is the last conversation that we know of that occurs between God and Cain before Cain kills Abel. And technically, what the Bible is teaching us is sin or the lion is crouching at your door, ready to pounce because it desires to have you. And you must rule over it. So if we, if we don't deal with it, it becomes a constant threat. If we don't deal with it, it becomes bigger, worse. And if we don't deal with it, it could potentially kill us at a later time. So let's go into section two. How do we go about jumping into a pit with a lion on a snowy day? Now, this isn't just something that you, that you, you know, read about. You know, there's no book, Dummies for Jumping in a Pit with a Lion on a, on a Snowy Day. How many of you have ever bought some of those dummy books? Am I the only dummy that has bought dummy books? You guys are too prideful. I know someone in here has to have bought dummy books. All right. All right. I'm getting a few. I'm getting a couple. Now that I let my cat out of the bag, I'm, I'm getting other people you know, not too embarrassed. You know, if you don't want to buy it and bring it home, just go to Barnes and Nobles, sit in a back corner and read it and take pictures of, of the good pages on your phone and then put it back on the shelf and go your way. You don't have to feel embarrassed about buying a dummy book. Or you can download them now and put them in your pad or your phone and no one even has to know you read dummy books. Anyway. So, it's, it's not like there's just, you know, a lesson on how to do this. But when you really think about the story, there's a few uh, how, you know, 
how-tos that come out of this. So let's look, let's look at them. There's three of them. When the opportunity presents itself. Think about it. The Bible says that this man of valor, one of the mighty men of David, jumped into the pit with the lion. The lion was in a place where the warrior could fight him. The lion wasn't out in the open. The lion was out in the open, the lion could have ran away. The lion was out in the open, uh, the rest of, uh, of the pride, you know, the pride of lions could, could uh, come to help. I watched a video the other day of a bunch of hyenas were beating up on one lion. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes the whole pride. The whole pride just ramsacked this whole uh, pack of hyenas uh, and absolutely decimated them. Well, if the lion was in a pit, there's a whole lot less chance that its buddies is going to come over and be a part. So you have to think about it. The opportunity presented itself. The opportunity for this man to take care of the threat presented itself. What I've learned in my life and dealing with a lot of people is when God wants you to take care of something in your life, he will give you an opportunity to deal with it. And you have to ask yourself, are you willing to jump in the pit when God gives you the opportunity to deal with the lion that could kill you? So, number one, that's how you deal with it. Number two is with the faith from past victories. So, you remember... When I read the verse, I, 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 I said, I, when it says he had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab, there's a, there is a specific reason. There is an order to the scripture. There's why this was written here. It says he killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. And then all of a sudden, he also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit. The Bible says that we are overcomers by the word of our testimonies. So what is a testimony? A testimony is a victory from your past. We are overcomers by the word. What is the word? It is a truth. It is an experience. We are overcomers by the word, the truth, the experience of our past. Overcomers by the word of our testimony. So... When you decide to deal with your enemy, it is most likely going to be bigger than you. It is most likely going to be stronger than you. It is most likely going to have the ability to destroy you. And the odds will be against you. But the Bible says with just a little bit of faith, you can remove mountains. The Bible says that with faith, we please God. The Bible says with faith, nothing is impossible with us and God. So the fact that the Bible says that this warrior had killed 
to lion-like. It wasn't the exact battle. It wasn't the exact enemy. It wasn't the exact thing, but it was something strong enough for you to realize I overcame the giant of yesteryear. I overcame the giant of my past. I overcame the enemy that was haunting me yesterday. I can deal with this enemy today. It's not the exact same thing. It's not the exact lion. It's not the exact circumstance, but God got through, got me through the sickness yesterday. He can get me through the sickness today. God got me through the brokenness yesterday. He can get me through the brokenness today. God got me through the poverty of yesteryear. God can get me through the poverty of today. Come on, are you breathing this morning? Are you understand what I'm saying? When you jump into a pit and you're dealing with something that's a bit stronger than you are, the only thing you have to pull from is the faith that God has established in you in your past. That's why you are overcomers by the word of your testimony. You don't go into a pit with a lion on a snowy day without faith. The third how is not letting or allowing the circumstances to stop you. Again, it's not going to be in your favor. Here was one man in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. You guys don't get much snow here. Or we don't, I'm sorry. I'm, sh- I'm a homeboy now. I'm local. I've been here too long. So. I'm in preacher mode. So I'm in preacher mode. I've been here over eight years and I worked under Westside for another five years in Santa Paula. So guess what? Hey, I've been a Westsider for 13 years now. So I'm a homeboy. I'm a homeboy. If you don't like me now, oh well, too bad. You just have to eat this tough piece of meat. All right. You cannot, we cannot allow circumstances to keep us from dealing with it. Circumstances may not be perfect. The circumstances may not be to your advantage. But when the opportunity presents itself, when you have faith in God because God has never let you down, you know you can deal with your enemy in spite of the circumstances that you're forced to deal with. Imagine it. So a lion has four feet and claws. A man does not have four feet, and he doesn't have things on his feet that allow him to grip within terrain, specifically snowy terrain. For us, when our skin, when it comes in contact with snow... Uh, all of a sudden becomes stiff. Uh, it doesn't work normal. It becomes very painful. Uh, and then, because of the heat of our body, what was snow turns into wetness. And then that wetness uh, creates slip. We don't have grip. So you can definitely see that a man in a pit with a lion on a snowy day put him in a predicament where if you was a betting person, you would definitely put all your, all your bills on the lion. 
But if you're a believing person, if you know God, and if you trust God, you know that God will be with you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen? So the next area is we have to be on the offensive. You cannot wait for the lion to attack you. That's defensive. Most of the time as Christians, we are on the defensive. We don't go chasing Satan, but when Satan rears his ugly head in our life, we become defensive toward it. We defend ourselves with the word of God, with the prayers of the saints, going to church and so forth. But when you are dealing with an enemy, you are not waiting for the enemy to be offensive. He already is offensive. We have to take the offensive. Couple examples, David and Goliath. When David heard Goliath, he immediately went into the offense. He didn't go into the defense, he went into the fence. David walked down into the valley. David picked up five stone. David began to twirl. David knocked him out. And then David took his, not his, but Goliath's sword and cut off his head. When you're dealing with an enemy, you cannot wait for the enemy to attack you because he is already in the process of attacking you. You got to be on the offensive and go for him first. Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Ahab met with Elijah begin to accuse Elijah of doing wrong or troublesome things in, in Israel. And immediately, Elijah challenged Ahab and the prophets of Baal. And Elijah picked a fight. And he got in a fight. He won, and then he executed 450 prophets of Baal. Elijah is my favorite prophet in the Bible. He is like a warrior prophet. He can prophesy one day and he cut your head off with a sword the next day. That's my kind of prophet right there. Now, some of you might might like the weeping prophet, like Jeremiah. That's okay. Get a bit emotional and cry unto the Lord. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Some of you might like Elisha. He's a bit more studious. He's, he's, He's not necessarily rough around the edges. But I like a rough around the edge prophet. They make mistakes, but man, you can count on them. They'll go to battle for you. So in this, in the offensive, we got to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive when you're dealing with the enemy. You can't be lazy. You can't be soft. You can't be backwards. You can't be timid. You can't be shy. You have to go for it. Kind of like those irritating salesmen. If you're a salesman that is very aggressive, I'm sorry if I offended. Some personalities to handle it. My personality can't handle it. But kind of like, you know, the salesman come knocking on your door and they, they, they want to sell you a solar system and they just won't take no for an answer. And you can get them all the answers in the world. Like, hey, I can't afford it. And they still like think you got a, 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 a I don't know, a golden chicken laying egg somewhere in the backyard. Right? Or that kid that won't shut up around Christmas time or his birthday. You're like, you don't wrote me five lists. 
got, I got them hanging in my bathroom. I got them hanging uh, in the den. I got to hang them in the car. I got them hanging in my closet. I got it hanging in the kitchen. Like, that was me. That was me. I was the irritated kid at Christmas time. My kids hasn't really done it to that degree. My point is, be aggressive. You got to go for that enemy. You got to fight dirty. It's kind of you take on the, the thought, the mindset, all fairs in love and war. You fight dirty. In other words, you call in the crew. You use all your resources against your enemy. In this setting, what are we talking about? Praying, fasting, praising, worshiping, church, giving. I mean, you use every single resource that you can because we're talking about an, a, a satanic enemy. The satanic, a satanic enemy cannot deal with these spiritual blessings that God has placed in our life that bring forth results in our life when we use them. Prayer brings forth results. The word of God, when declared and lived, brings forth results. Fasting brings forth results. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Praise brings forth results. Worship out of sacrifice and out of pleasure brings forth results. Connecting with your brothers and sisters in Christ and having them do the same thing for you bring forth results. So you cannot deal with a satanic enemy that is threatening your life with a hand-to-hand fair, just knockout, drag-out fight. It don't work that way because he is a lion sinking whom he might devour and he is stronger than you he is wiser than you he is more evil he can he know he knows you first of all and you have to be willing to fight dirty call in people call get on your hands and your your knees connect with God in order to win the battle the other one is you got to be tough It's going to hurt. Fights hurt. I've been in plenty of them. They hurt. Whether you win or lose, unless you just get a lucky punch on a dude and you just knock him out and you go home. But in a real fight, that's kind of rare. Fights hurt. But guess what? Pain is not the end. We live in, in in a society that tries to do any and everything they can not to experience pain. And we got people that are scared of pain. Pain is not a means to an end. Actually, God created us to tolerate a very high level of pain. Emotionally, spiritually, physically. Not only is it going to hurt, you might bleed a little bit. You might lose something. Jacob, when when, when, when he was fighting the angel, he lost his ability to walk correctly. There's other stories in the Bible where people has lost things. You might lose some blood. You might lose some life. You may not act the same after you get out of a life or death situation with your enemy. But guess what? Blood doesn't mean you're dying. Hasn't 
It's never been this, this way with Koa, but with Emerald and Abigail, if they ever saw blood coming out of their body, you thought they was going to die and going to heaven. <laughs> Don't say whatever. <laughs> About two, three months ago, Emmy cut herself uh, doing, uh, uh, in, in the kitchen at the house. It was just, it, it, she says, I have a scar. And in my book, it was a little cut. Daddy had to take care of it because she was about to pass out. <laughs> Blood was leaving her head. Her skin was turning white. You saw all the blue veins coming out. She's like, I got to sit down. I got to sit down. <laughs> it was a little, maybe eighth of an inch cut. I mean, it was bleeding. But Daddy had to take care of it. Daddy took care of it, huh? I think Jake was about to pass out too. I don't know. <laughs> Where's he at? <laughs> I'm only kidding. He wasn't there. I'm only kidding. I'm picking on Jake. I, I, hey, I'm going to tell on myself. I, I used to could take like any kind of blood situation whatsoever until I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm being serious. Like some, like another switch went off in my head. One time my brother got a hook stuck in his finger, like straight up in his finger. And I just happened to read it, read an article in a fishing magazine about two days prior on how to get a hook out of a finger. And I was like, oh, man, I can get that hook out of that finger. Let me see it. And he did, and he let me see his finger, and I went to, I went to like, do that, you know, and it was moving, and he was like, ah. And all of a sudden, the blood done left my head. I turned white like a vampire. The veins was popping out, and my, it was a family trip. My dad looked over and said, Jonathan, you, about, you better sit down, boy. You're about to pass out. And literally... To that day, there are certain things, not a little cut, there are certain things uh, that if I'm not careful, the blood will leave my head and the veins will start popping out. And so uh, I'm going to give you some grace in me. So we was on a Disney trip when Emerald was four years old. My brother that had happened to get a hook in his finger was throwing my little girl up. And he was outside, and he threw her up, and she hit one of the beams that was coming down from a balcony. And it split her head wide open. Like, like you seen the meat, you seen the whites, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was meaty. And so she was screaming, boy, she was bleeding like a stuck hog. And me and Lorana, we took her into, to the hotel room, and we was playing Mr. and Mrs. Doctor, you know. So we was looking at it, pulling the hair back, accessing it, saying, oh, no, we got to go get, get, get stitches. And all of a sudden, the blood done left my head. The blood done left her head. And literally, her and I both, my mom and dad had to come in and deal with him because her and I both, we had to go to the hotel bed, and we were like this. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know why. I don't know. So that's, that's just, that's, that's not my message, but here's the point. <laughs> Before the record, once the blood kind of got back into my system, I went back and I dealt with her head. I dealt with, it, you know, it might leave my system, but I'm not going to not deal with it. I done lost where I was at. <laughs> blood doesn't mean you're dying going to get hurt a little bit in a fight. You might lose some blood in a fight. It's okay. Because, this brings me to the fourth one. You don't stop fighting until the lion is dead. 
You don't just knock him out, knock him out. You got to cut his head off. Just like David did Goliath. Perfect example. David wasn't satisfied with sending that stone up into his forehead. And the belief is that the stone actually lodged itself up between the skin and the skull. Knocked him out. But that wasn't enough. You can't just hurt your enemy. You can't just send your enemy away running. You gotta cut his head off. Because if you don't kill him, he's gonna come back. In one of Jesus' teachings, it talks about, you know, cleaning a house up, removing the strong man, and then that strong man coming back with his friends to try to make the house dirty again. You gotta kill the strong man. It's not enough just to resist it. You got to kill them. Does that make sense? What time is it? Give me about five more minutes, okay? How to know when to go. Like, how to know when you should jump in this fit and t- this pit and take on this fight. When it becomes a present threat to God's will and God's purpose in your life. If you're dealing with something and it is a present threat to God's will, God's purpose, and God's blessings for your life, guess what? It's time to fight in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. If the enemy is holding or pushing you back, again, going to Israel, Goliath, or David, uh, David, Goliath, and Israel. The Bible says that Goliath was pushing Israel back. They kept getting pushed back, pushed back. God had, given, had, had, had called them to take a territory. It was theirs. It was their blessing. It was their right. But Goliath was pushing them back, pushing them back, pushing them back. If you are dealing with an enemy that keeps pushing you back from what God has for you, then you need to jump in the pit and get in a fight third one is if they are attempting to steal kill or destroy you it's time to jump in a fit pit fight a lion on a snowy day let me repeat those three things if it's a threat to god's will and purpose for your life if it's holding or pushing you back If it is attempting to steal, kill, or destroy you, guess what? You need to jump in a pit with the lion on a snowy day and kill him. Because once you commit to that, it's either going to be you or it. Do you think the lion would have let that guy go? Like when you commit, it's a life or death circumstance. And you don't stop. And if you keep your trust in the Lord and keep fighting according to the Holy Spirit leading you, guess what? You will win. You will be victorious.
you will overcome. You will destroy your enemy. You might get hurt in the process. You might bleed in the process. You might walk a little different, act a little different, live a little different after the process. But you will be victorious and your enemy will be dead. Amen? I feel like there's way too many like scenarios for me to begin to list. So I have to trust the Holy Spirit here. I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit as I'm speaking, as I have been speaking. The Lord is just dealing with you about what enemy, what lion you need to jump in a pit with. What changes you need to make. What circumstances you need to deal with. What people you need to connect with. How you need to start praying, fasting, worshiping, getting in the word. So you can deal with that lion who is desiring, desiring to devour you. You know, truth be told, a a lion don't just want to hurt you. lion wants to devour you number one they don't start with hands and feet number one they start with your throat they try to puncture it or rip it out then they'll go for the intestines they'll go for the gut they'll pull out the intestines they're brutal Without the throat, we cannot receive nourishment. The enemy wants to remove the part of your life that allows you to receive nourishment from God. The Bible says, out of the belly shall flow living waters. The enemy not only wants to rip out the part of you that can receive food from God, he also wants to rip out the part of you that allows the flowing and the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because if he can keep the word from getting in you, and if he can keep the spirit from leading you, he can ultimately kill you. And you have to kill him before he does that to you. Amen? Stand to your feet this morning, please. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.